And so, you know, these thoughts that I'm going to share from my garden are things that I think are really uh, interesting. They're based on my, you know, 30 or so times in the Great Pyramid, three times with specific permission where it was mine, to, you know, to study with. And, uh, and the reading, you know, I've got a huge uh, Great Pyramid library uh, every day. I'm studying it somehow and have been really for, you know, I uh, hate to, you know, admit my age, but, you know, over 40 years. So, you know, I have a pretty good reservoir of uh, knowledge and information. And, I, and I've been some with, you know, I toured with Zahi Awas a couple of times. Uh, I've been with Dr. Mark Lehner. I correspond with ancient architects, sacred geometry decoded. Um, you know, s some other people that have published stuff about pyramids. So, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the culture th that I'm in is one that's, you know, a relatively high level in terms of understanding stuff about this. So I just hope that uh, more people can recognize the quality of this channel. If they really want to learn, I, you know, people that just want to, you know, I, you got your belief, it's built by aliens, I don't care what anybody says, you know, it was built by people from Atlantis, I don't care what anybody says, fine. But I, I really think that there are some honest searchers, because that's what I am. You know, and, and I weigh evidence and I look at things. And so anyways, here's the couple things I wanted to share about this. So I built this as a trellis for my wisteria. You know, wisteria is a pretty aggressive climber, so I'm hoping in a year or two that this thing gets filled out. And so I built uh, the frame for the trellis uh, built on the model of the Great Pyramid. And then, of course, I put in gold here the passage that actually exists inside there. Hopefully those will be covered by wisteria pretty soon. So I mentioned in a previous video that it was uh, the difficult part of building that frame was designing it. So I went down and you know made a model drawing, and then when I came out to build it, it was really three cuts basically, you know, with the two by fours and three screws that that gave me the initial frame. And then of course I, you know, uh, strengthened it. Now uh, the first point I want to make from just being out here in the garden and thinking about this is. That frame, which is a model of the pyramid, and it's an actual model of the right angles and everything, had to be put on a frame, because once I had that built on the ground, okay, that's a nice trellis. It truly is a scale model of the Great Pyramid. Now I've got to go mount it. So over here in my garden, I have a, a four by four framework. So you can see over here the, the part that's not, you know, painted brown. So this is a four by four over here, and then there's a four by four right here. So the, that foundation was built so I could screw the, the Great Pyramid onto that. Now, if you'll notice, it's not centered. You know, you can see here's the pyramid here, but the, 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 the four by fours are, are off centered. So the first point is I, I've seen that so often in the way ancient Egyptians build and do things. They, they have an idealized plan. But when they come to a challenge or a situation, They'll adjust things for practical reasons, even though they have a theoretical ideal in mind that is communicated to the searcher. You can also see at times you have to account for and take into account that there are practical human beings working in practical situations. And the ancient Egyptians were brilliant at that. Okay, that's the first point, because they're, they're, that they're brilliant. And so the reason that my four by four frame is off is because there were two spots that I my garden you, you can't see because the way i have the camera now the ground over here but there were two spots that i had to put those posts so i was sort of guided by physical necessity as to where those went but then i was free to put the frame anywhere relatively i could using those supports and, and it's strong and it's supported now so uh the second point then talking about how 
you know, brilliant the Egyptians were at adjusting for practical reasons. The second point then is all the stuff about the Egyptians couldn't build it, they didn't have the technology. Well, first of all, <laughs> the first thing I'd say, you know, to those of you who say they were limited by copper tools, is to see videos of how they were able, with copper tools, to cut round holes into granite. Sorry, but they do it today even without the high tech. I mean, you can go down to Aswan where they have granite factories and stuff that cut your countertops for your kitchen and all that, but you can also go to places where guys without that high technology can do that. So you, I'm sorry, but you can make holes into granite with you know those, those uh, copper drills. And you can also cut straight lines in granite. You can do it with, there's a, a number of ways they do it. And you can see YouTube videos in which they, you know, have a copper saw and they do it. It takes a little time, but for instance, in the Great Pyramid, you know, the only place where you've got the granite really is up in the relieving chambers, in the king's chambers. And they had, you know, over a decade to prepare those because it wasn't until about year, well, what does it say up in the graffiti up there? Like year 17 or something, or was it year 12? I forgot. But the point is, when, when it was started to build, they could have given the order down in the S1 quarries to start building those things. And so they, you know, even if it takes all day to cut through a piece of granite to make one cut, they had they had over a decade to prepare those in S1 and then to float them up. And the way I think they floated them up, they just put them on barges that ended up going right into, you know, the Grand Gallery because initially there was a, they had a water harbor that came right to the entranceway, really. They had a dam system there. And I think they kept them right on the, the buoys, the, the, the dollies, the, 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 uh, the barges, whatever you want to call the, 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 the uh, wooden arrangements they had holding these granite. They, those floated the way they were packed in, in the quarry in Aswan. They were floated and taken through the Grand Galleries through the system of hydraulics. They're brilliant, you know, they're brilliant at that, brought them up to the Grand Gallery. And so, uh, you know, because saying that they don't have the technology, the, the, the main technology they had here was cutting granite, making the ropes that I'm sure they used. They were good at rope making. They were good at hydraulics, you know, the, the, the water table that was down here, the Nile, all those underground, you know, waterways you hear about between the Sphinx and the Great Pyramid thing, those are all there. They, they were engineers with water. And so rope, water, brilliant engineers. You, you don't have to have high technology to have brilliant engineers. You don't have to have high technology to have brilliant engineers. So, so you know, the second point is that the, 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 uh, 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 the cultural snobs they weren't smart enough. The ancient Egyptians weren't smart enough. They didn't have the technology. They worked with the technology that they had to build the Great Pyramid. Notice there's not in here computer, you know, crystal screens, you know, LCD screens. There's not all this stuff that Atlantans probably could have had. Maybe Atlantans, you know, were splitting the atom. Maybe they had TVs. It's possible they did, and I really mean that. You know, it's, it's some ancient culture. So the ancient Egyptians didn't have that. They didn't need that to, to cut the stone and move it into place. Now, the curved granite up at Abu Wash that Chris Dunn and others write about, that's, that could create a challenge, but that's not really part of the building of the Great Pyramid. And even so, Chris Dunn shows that that boat pit, supposedly, up in Abruash, they had a huge, uh, you know, saw 
that would fit in that housing and so they could shape a curved piece of granite. They probably could have done it with technology they had then. So again, just because the ancient Egyptians didn't have laser weapons, and maybe they did in Atlantis, and I mean that, and they weren't splitting the atom, and maybe they were before the flood, because I really think they were, they worked with what they had and built this. So the first point, they were practical. The second point, they were ingenious in working with what they had. And, you know, more and more is coming out about how this structure could have been built. You know, Houdin's uh, uh, theories have been kind of proven with the thermal studies that that inner ramp does seem to be there. The growing number of people that are recognizing the sophisticated way that the engineers use water to lift these blocks uh, shows that there, there was very realistic ways that the pyramid could have been built in historical times by ancient Egyptians. The recent uh, video by ancient architects dealing with the, the graffiti that's up there in the relieving chambers is brilliant. And so those of you that, you know, study Crichton's books or, you know, think that, that Howard Weiss, you know, <laughs> Howard Weiss did not forge all the graffiti that's up in the, the relieving chambers. Graham Hancock will tell you that. Yes, you will. Sorry, those, those, those haters that don't want to admit that. Robert Paval will tell you that. Yes, you will. And John Anthony Westwood, he's dead now. Rest in peace. You know, the great names and, and alternative theory, they recognize that the graffiti is real. Yes, they do. Look at the recent video on ancient architects about that. So the gurus, the leaders, the heroes of the alternative movement that might be willing to say that this was built by Atlantis or you know, by aliens, admits that the graffiti was not forged by vice, sorry, and that it really was, you know, markings of workers who put the names of their gangs and who put real, real names of Khufu in there. This idea they spelled his name wrong. Stop copying each other on that. They spelled Khufu the way they would have. Khufu Kanum, the, you know, the original name, the long name, Khufu. And also, uh, Majedu, which was the Horus name, there's no way that, that Vice could have forged that because Egyptologists, to the extent there were some back in his day, didn't know that was the Horus name. And Majedu, I've seen the hieroglyphics in that graffiti, it's up there. Not to mention all the other reasons that Vice didn't forge that stuff. You know, I think it's Crichton that, you know, uses the, the idea that he found out that Vice paid for some votes when he was running for office to, to show his character. Let's look at... <laughs> okay. So, let me... Off that topic now. So, for, first one, Egyptians were practical. Number two, they were ingenious with working with the technology they had. They had the ability to build the Great Pyramid. And I think now we need to turn to what is its message? Who designed it? Because Egyptians built it, but it's still an open question as who designed it. Because when Baval and Hancock admitted when Zahi Awas in 1997 gave them free access to the 
relieving chambers, something very few people, especially today because of what happened with those you know, Germans and whatnot, are, they're not given access up there. They were given access and they had to admit you know, it was real, but they, the way that at least Baval adjusted his theory then was he admitted it's not a forgery. So he said that the plan, even though it was probably built then in 2500 BC, at least most of it, it was designed in 10,000 because you know they used the uh, the astronomical alignments to say that you know Orion was in alignment with the Sphinx in, in 10,000 BC. So it was designed. The plan was made in 10,000, and it was actually built in 2500. Okay, fine, let's do that. So I'm saying the ancient Egyptians built it. It was Khufu that built it. But I'm among those that say he's not the one that really designed it. There's a message beyond what Khufu had. I mean, I think Khufu did, he, he was enlightened for his time. He did write religious books. I don't think the stuff that Herodotus says about him being an ogre that people hated him, I think that's, you know, I, I'm not sure that's true. I think that the craftsmen freely gave of their labors out of respect, not just to the Pharaoh, because in the old kingdom there was a tremendous respect that we don't, you know, today when we can swear at the president and not get thrown in jail and we have First Amendment rights, which they didn't back then, we don't understand to the extent that there was this, you know, divine right of kings, that they really did, you know, look look to their kings as uh, divine. And there was also, so not just the respect for the Pharaoh, but the respect for God himself, the creator. And that is what led to their brilliant craftsmanship. When you're serving a world standard, not just, you know, getting by to get paid locally. You're trying to do something for posterity and ultimately for your creator, you give your best. And so I think the craftsmanship that's displayed here is evidenced by that. Well, these were just meant to be a few thoughts that I had as I was working in my garden this morning. Stay with us.